0: I am your host, Brad Roland, and as you can probably hear, I am live at Phillips Arena in the aftermath of Saturday's game between the Hawks and the Chicago Bulls. Atlanta fell by a score of 97-85, to 85, and uh, most of the podcast, really all of the podcast, today will be uh, wrapping up in the... Uh, in the goings-on of, that took place on Saturday night. Um, the Haw- This is kind of an ugly basketball game. Let's just start off with that. Um, in, in fact, kind of is probably a uh, very generous um, little subtext of that. This is a very, very bad basketball game on both sides, and that's something that will basically influence all the analysis. Uh, it's one of those things where every once in a while in the NBA, you get a real stinker, and this is a situation where the Bulls are battered. They're down four of their rotation players. They're playing on the road and the Hawks were uh, not good in this game. That's the easiest way to put that. Um, So you you combine those things into uh, one package and uh, you get a, a game that I think everyone will want to forget. It was very clear after the game that Lloyd Pierce and all the players want to forget this game. They did not play well. Pierce was very candid in his post-game address, um, probably more so than he has been throughout, um, at least uh, since he's arrived. i just kind of being frustrated, at least that I've heard. One of those things where he was still very professional and all that all that stuff, but it was very clear that no one was pleased with the way the Hawks played in this game. There were very few bright spots, if I'm being honest about it, and uh, that will probably inform the length of this podcast it's just sort of the overna- overall analysis. So with that as the background let's break it down a little bit. Um, I will say, before we get started, there was one roster note at the top of this game. Daniel Hamilton, who has been unavailable throughout the season so far, was actually available to play in this game but was inactive. So the Hawks made that decision before game time to uh, make Jalen Adams active as the 13th member of the team. That was the first time in the season the Hawks have actually had a decision to make in terms of their inactives. They've had 17 guys, um, including the two two-ways throughout the season so far, and they had to only have you only have 13 guys active, but they've had at least four injuries for every game until now. Uh, Hamilton was was available but was, uh, wasn't active. They decided to go with Adams, and I asked uh, Pierce about that pregame. He, he kind of said that uh, Hamilton is a jack of all trades kind of player. That was a quote from Pierce, and just kind of you know likening him to, to DeAndre Bembry in some ways as someone who they're going to use in a lot of different ways. When he is playing, I'm not sure how soon that will be. I, you know, obviously they've uh, deemed Hamilton to be healthy. He was off of the injury report but uh, not a guy who was apparently ready to go in terms of the rotation in this spot, which isn't a surprise, but I want to at least note that before we get started on the podcast. So, uh, one more thing as sort of background. Um, I tweeted this out in the middle of the first quarter, but the Hawks coming into tonight were so bad in the first quarter and so good in the fourth quarter that it was kind of comical. They entered this game with a first quarter net rating of minus 30.8 points per 100 possessions, which is, you know, indescribably bad. And in the fourth quarter, they were plus 41.7 points per 100 possessions, which is impossibly good. So uh, pretty funny. Those things balance out in this game, obviously, um, because the fact that the Hawks actually won the first quarter in this spot and they lost the fourth quarter. So that will even out considerably, but just kind of a funny thing to note as this thing started. And the Hawks Got off to another another bad start in this game. It was 10-1 to 1, um, by, by the time basically you were able to blink in the first three minutes and 49 seconds of the game. The Hawks committed four turnovers and they missed all four of their shots. So it doesn't really get bad as bad as that, honestly. Um, not the first time this season, obviously, as I'm leaning into that a little bit. The first quarter has been a uh, house of horrors for the Hawks, but they did respond in a big way in the first quarter. And as I mentioned before, they actually won the first quarter with some help from the bull, from the Bulls in the spot. The depth of the Hawks, was uh, favorable in this game. The starters were not good as a whole and as a rule, but the uh, second unit is one that um, Pierce credited quite a bit after the game, and they uh, they used an 11-3 run kind of immediately to get back in the game in that first quarter. Um, the one positive thing from that first quarter was that the Hawks made six of their 10 threes, including four of four combined from Kevin Herter and John Bember, who we'll come back to, obviously, but the, uh, the defense was pretty, was pretty good, honestly, in the first quarter, and honestly, wasn't too bad throughout this game. There were a couple of different um, ugly spots for the Hawks' defense, but, you know, with some help from the Bulls, the Bulls only had a 94 offensive rating, which is really bad. So, uh, you know, again, some of that's just Chicago not executing, but the Hawks did play quality defense for the most part in this game when compared to their previous expectation level. Uh, the second quarter, not so uh, you know, not so hot for either team. It was 19 to 19 overall. That's pretty ugly. A 10-2 run from the Bulls to open the second quarter. The Hawks kind of floundered on offense, only scoring four points in the first six minutes. That's pretty ugly. But they did have a nice 10-3 run after that. Jeremy Lynn played a second stint, which he had not done in a half in a while. He ended up playing 19 minutes in this game, but uh, I thought it was noteworthy that he came back in for a second for a second trip through the game in the second quarter. But the Hawks um, shot 27% from the floor and had 12 turnovers in the first half, and they were winning anyway, which is uh, almost impossible, honestly. But the Hawks made eight threes before halftime, and Chicago had a 78.6 offensive rating, which is hideous, and that kind of that, that allowed the Hawks to take a lead into halftime. Trey young I thought played probably his worst half of the season in the first half of this game and he was bad overall honestly but the first half was probably worse than the second half And it's not not his night is one of those things where I was telling everybody that would listen before and then after especially the big game that he was gonna have some bad nights this is one of those nothing to, nothing to worry about whatsoever and that he's a rookie and that was always going to happen rookie guards are often inconsistent that is not um, no one's immune to that including Trey young obviously we've, we've seen the highest of highs in the way he played in Cleveland and the way he's played a lot of this season honestly has been very very good but this is a spot where he looked like a like a rookie who he Was going to struggle some, and it was a really bad night for Trey. So we'll come back to him later, but I want to really say that now as I had that in my notes. After the half, um, the third quarter was awful. I mean, I, I think the second and third quarters of this game were pretty much unwatchable in a lot of ways. There was a, uh, I didn't, I didn't know that they were that the Hawks played a, a Torian Prince, Amari Spellman front court for part of the of the third quarter, which is interesting. It's a pretty small lineup for the Hawks, and they were willing to go to that when uh, try to get some offense started. The uh, Bulls took an eight point lead at one point in the third quarter, which is the biggest of the night after a nine to two run. And the Hawks had an, a 79.9 offensive rating for three quarters. They they were shooting 30 percent from the floor. It didn't really improve from there. It, it improved a little bit, I guess, in the fourth, but. Um, the third quarter is probably where the Hawks lost this game, honestly, and in the fourth quarter, they allowed 30 points. They had their worst defensive quarter of the, uh, of the game. Offense wasn't terrible, terrible in the fourth quarter, but just wasn't good enough. It was a really, really awful possession defensively early in the fourth quarter where they had a, a five seconds left on the shot clock. Um, the Bulls were taking the ball out of balance, and Jamari, Park, Jamari Parker got a wide open three that was basically due to the, to the Hawks having defensive indifference. It was pretty inexplicable and pretty bad, and I was kind of a, micro, a microcosm of that of the way the fourth quarter actually went for Atlanta. I will say... Uh, It was nice to see at least uh, the Hawks try the two-point guard look in that fourth quarter. It didn't necessarily work, but Trey Young and Jeremy Lin did play a little bit together in that fourth quarter. Um, Pretty interestingly, right after that, the Hawks were down 10. They went to a no-point guard lineup, so they took both Young and Lin off the... Young and Lin off the court went to Baysmore and Benbury in the backcourt, and actually been a nice little 8-0 run cut, cut, the, cut the lead to two, but it never got closer than that. Justin Holiday made a bunch of threes in the fourth quarter. Ryan Archidiakono made a, a couple of really nice plays in that fourth quarter. Um, and despite a clear path foul uh, and a missed dunk, both by the Bulls in the in the last three four minutes of this game, the Hawks just couldn't do too much to uh, close the gap. Uh, I will say the Hawks closed with a with these with the five man unit that I would probably be using in, in crunch time right now without John Collins. Obviously, John Collins is part of the best five for the Hawks. But right now, at the moment, they use this lineup of Trey Young, Kent Bazemore, DeAndre Bembry, Torian Prince, and Dwayne Deben, and that's probably the best five they have, honestly, at the moment. So, I was at least encouraged to see that, something that I will be leaning on a little bit more in crunch time, and Pierce might do that until Collins comes back, but for now, that was the closing five here, and at least wanted to you know, sort of spit that out. Uh, before we get into the individual stuff, if you're new listeners, we do that after every single game. I will break down everyone that played in that game, at least in some form or fashion, but before we get to that, I do want to take a moment to remind you guys to, to subscribe to the podcast. We don't normally do episodes on Sunday mornings, but when the Hawks play a Saturday night game and I'm in the building, I'm not going to just not pass along the information to you in a timely manner. So please subscribe to the podcast, do all that fun stuff. You know, we're on Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, all those places that you want like to listen to podcasts, Overcast, all those spots. Please subscribe, leave positive feedback if you're able to do so, tell your friends, and I really, really appreciate all of the support that we've gotten this year and that we will get in the rest of the season. So we can get into the individuals. Uh, again, it's probably going to be pretty short considering how ugly a lot of this stuff was. We'll start with, we'll start with the starting five, and it was uh, really ugly from, these, from the starters in this game. In fact, um, it would be, t- it'd be tough to find someone that played well in starting five. You know, I guess Vince Carr shot the ball well. Uh, we'll start we'll start there with Vince. Vince was only minus eight in 23 minutes. He did have five fouls. Had 12 points, made four of his seven threes. That was uh, enough to keep him on the court a lot of the time. Defensively, Vince has some issues, but I thought he played... Pretty fine, honestly, in this game. He was the only, only guy in the lineup of the starting five that I thought at least played reasonably well compared to his normal baseline, but the threes were basically all of that for Vince, and it was a largely unspectacular game. Other than that, the defensive, the, the, the defensive issues that he always has were still there, but they were a little bit less mitigated, um, sorry, a little bit less present in this game considering the way the Bulls were playing offensively. That didn't uh, really attack Carter in the way that you might uh, expect them to. Uh, torian prince led the team in minutes with 35 he was 5 of 14 from the floor two of five from three four of four from the free throw line 16 points five five rebounds three assists two steals and a block hit six turnovers lloyd pierce came down specifically on his three uh, his three best players that were available right now without John Collins, and that's, that's Prince, Young, and Bazemore. Those guys combined for 15 of the team's 22 turnovers. That's going to be unacceptable on every night, honestly, and Torian had the most with six. Uh, you know, I didn't think he was terrible aside from the turnovers, and defensively, they had a couple of issues, but, you know, it wasn't a great night for Torian. Obviously, was not very efficient, and I uh, just not, one, to, one to kind of forget from Prince. Uh, Alex Lynn was, I thought, pretty bad actively in this game. I thought it was by far the worst game of the Lynn era, and that cor- sort of corresponded with him playing less. You know, Of course, doing Deadman being around also helps that, but Lynn, 17 minutes, 4 points, 4 rebounds. Uh, he had a couple of really ugly moments with the ball in his hands, and uh, one of those nights where if you were following Alex Lynn in Phoenix, you would know that he's very inconsistent. A lot of Suns fans were yelling at me for thinking that I was, that, that was going to be a good value signing. I still believe that it will be. I think uh, Alex Lynn is more valuable than the $4.5 million price tag that he has, especially at his age, uh, but... At the same time, there's going to be some nights like this when he's not very good, and uh, he was not very good in this game. Uh, Kent Bazemore, uh, sort of the same. I I don't think Bazemore was actively bad, necessarily, but eight points, two rebounds, an assist. Four turnovers is too many for Kent. Three fouls, uh, three of nine from the floor, one of four from three, one of two from the free-throw line. You know, Bazemore... Doesn't take too much off the table, honestly, which is always nice to see. You know, he always he always he always competes defensively. Did a pretty good job on, on Zach Levine when he was assigned to him in certain matchups. But not a, not a better game from Baysmore. I can definitely tell some of the rumblings that were out there after he had a big game uh, earlier in the season. You know, when he went for 30 plus in his uh, in his career high. I thought he was just fine here. He was certainly below average by his standards, but not terrible. Um, just in the way you know, just didn't play well in the way that most guys didn't play well in this spot. I mentioned before. I thought Trey Young. This is his worst game as a pro. I stand by that to be sure. He was a little bit. In the second half, but 13 points, four assists, three rebounds, two steals, had five turnovers. He was three of 12 and 0 of six from three. Not too many bad shots, honestly. I just it just, it just wasn't making him. He's kind of out of out of rhythm. Uh, Pierce did note that, of course, it was not all Trey Young. Uh, he he will get the most attention on every single night this season, probably. He even got the most attention on the night when Bazemore had 32 points. It was kind of funny. Um, it's going to be a lot of the Trey Young show, but you know he was bad in this game. That was to be expected at some point along the way, and he kind of picked a bad time for it. Considering the Bulls are a very very beatable opponent, but still. Young just just wasn't good. Defensively had some nice um, nice moments at, at times, but um, and the overall package was pretty bad defensively as well. It just was an ugly game for Trey in a lot of ways. Uh, off the bench real quickly, Amari Spellman, 15 minutes, 0-5 from the floor, 0-3 three from three. That was unfortunate. He did have eight rebounds and four assists. There was a couple of nice moments when he had the ball in his hands as a, as a distributor. I think Spellman's... Um, path to relevance right now comes come through his offense and his rebounding, and it's something that we saw on full display. He's going he's to obviously have to make shots, but I thought Spellman uh, did not actually play as badly as the numbers indicated in this game. Uh, I'm still kind of low on him when compared to the consensus, but uh, it's, this, is not, this, is not, this is not the game to be picking on Amari Spellman just because he didn't shoot the ball well. That's going to happen sometimes, but I thought he actually had a reasonably solid floor game at times, even if the defense was uh, was lacking as it usually is. DeAndre Bembry was one of the few guys I thought was at least decent in this game. Eight points, three steals, two assists, a rebound, and a block shot. It was a nice chase down block that he had um, early in this game in the first half. But three of nine from the floor is unsightly. Two of four, two of five from three is fine. I do not think Bembry was like good or anything, but it was one of those spots. If you're trying to find some uh, positives, he was probably one of the guys who played the better. Um, on this roster right now, I'm looking for uh, as many positives as, positive as, as I can get from this game, and uh, he was probably one of them if you were trying to find one. Uh, Jeremy Lin, 19 minutes, 0 of 5 from the floor as well. He and Spellman come out for 0 of 10. It's pretty ugly, and 0 of 5 from 3. But Lynn had a couple of nice moments. He was on the floor for some of the Hawks. Better times in this game is actually plus 9. 3 points, 3 assists, and 4 rebounds. I don't think he was as bad in this game as he had been in the last couple. Still not too much in the way of force being played with by Lynn. I got a lot of pushback. You know, Zach Lowe wrote about um, Jeremy Lynn. I talked about it a little bit on, the, on a uh, recent podcast and just kind of how bad he's been. I do think... It's worth noting, and i said this before, I'll say it again, that Lynn's going to be a guy who I think is going to improve throughout the season as it gets more comfortable. It's not like I think he's just terrible now, but he's just not been good this year. He's kind of been unplayable. If this is a team where the Hawks were trying to win a ton of games right now, I think he'd be almost unplayable at the moment. I'm okay with him playing him because he's definitely better than this as a player. I think his talent level is much much higher than this, but um, it would not surprise me if they keep going to some no-point guard looks at times if he continues to struggle. I know you know there's a school of thought out there that he's, he just needs to play more to get his legs under him. I understand that, but but at the same time you can't really justify playing him a ton more than he is right now just because he's not been playing well. This is probably one of the better games in the recent past, but it doesn't look that way with the uh, shooting and you know if he's not making shots it's really tough to play him at the moment. So that's something I want to at least say and get out there. The other guy that I thought played well, aside from memory, and was saving the best for last, Dwight Devin, but uh, Kevin Herter played well in this game, I thought. 17, 17 minutes, 2 of 5 from the floor, 2 of 4 from 3. 6.6 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal for Herter. He was plus 4. You know, it wasn't spectacular, but he did have a, a couple of really nice moments in the first half. Of this game. Defensively, he continues to be a little bit better than I thought he'd be early on and prove that uh, he definitely has a path to be a solid defender in the NBA. And uh, his passing, a couple of really nice looks. I think the best possession of the night involved a Kevin Herter kick out and then uh, an Amari Spellman drop-off pass. There was a very, very nice one I tweeted about that in the middle of the game. But Herter had a couple of really nice, like sort of beautiful-looking catch-and-shoot threes. That's one of, it, of course, is he's going to be known for in his career. His, his, his stroke is beautiful. He's a great shooter already. But one of those things where I would like to see him play a little bit more, um, but just the way that the way that the roster breaks down right now, you know, two of the team's three or four best players are on the wing, in Prince and Baysmore, and then you have he just got more a little bit more utility. He can play kind of one through four right now. Where Herder really can't do that, so it's one of those things where I understand why he's not playing a ton, but the fact that he's playing in rotation is a good thing right now. And I thought Herder was uh, one of the better players for the Hawks in this game, uh, as I mentioned before. The best for last, Dwayne Dedman was. Uh, very, very good in this game. He's the only guy I could say was good, and he was very, very good. 13 points, 13 rebounds, and 5 block shots in 27 minutes. He was 5 of 10. Uh, Lloyd Pierce said that he played to the point of exhaustion, which I believe because he's not really in game shape right now. Um, you know, He only played 15 minutes the other night. That was sort of his cap. I'm not sure the Hawks wanted to play him 27 minutes in this game, but he uh, his play deserved it. He was very, very good. And uh, I swear we were talking about this on press Road during the game, but I think uh, it's probably time to go ahead and put Demand in, li- in the starting lineup if, he, if he's able to go. The Hawks do have a back-to-back this week, which might hold him back them that way. I'm not sure if the Hawks want to, you know, lean on him that that heavily in a back-to-back on the road against Philly and Cleveland, but in advance of that, he's definitely the best ten- the best center on the team. All respect to Alex Lynn, who I do like as a player and as a, a guy who is, is a nice asset on his contract. Dwayne, De- Dwayne Dedman is just much better than Alex Lynn. Uh, Dwayne Dedman is the starting, starting center in the NBA, and he showed that. I showed that again here. So, uh, you know, Dedman was very good defensively. He was the best player on the, on the floor defensively throughout this game, and really offensive had a couple of nice moments as well. Um, I always liked and He was very upbeat after the game. But one of those things where he played well, and he was plus 18 in his 27 minutes in a 12-point loss. That's tough to do, uh, but he was really, really good. He was plus 23 in the first half, and the Hawks were only up by three. <laughs> it's kind of told the story. It's always, you know, single, single game plus minus doesn't always paint the most accurate picture in the world, but I thought Devin was very, very good here, and uh, he was the only one that was. So we, at least that's worth uh, reemphasizing over and over again on this podcast. So that'll kind of do it for this, for, this, for this pod. You know, the offense was bad. The defense was not. Terrible, but it wasn't as was enough to overcome the offense. 22 turnovers for the Hawks. 32% shooting. 30% from the, from three is not terrible, but yeah, just an overall game to game to forget. Um, it would not surprise me if this is the worst collective basketball experience that any any Hawks fan has watching this year. The Hawks will probably lose games by more than 12 points, but uh, just the fact that the Bulls are really bad, the Hawks were favored in this game by about five and a half six points by tip-off time, which kind of tells you all you need to know. The Bulls are not good, and the fact that the Hawks lost to him by double digits is probably misleading. It was closer than that until the final minutes of this game, but. Just Atlanta did not play well here. And this is a spot where they absolutely should have gotten a win if they played even like a C-minus game in this in this spot. So that'll do it for today's podcast. I do have uh, plans to have come back with, with another show um, for Monday morning that I'll record sometime on Sunday to get ahead of the uh, two-game road trip that the Hawks have on Monday and Tuesday. So we'll have, an, uh, we'll have plenty, plenty of content this week before the Hawks return home on Thursday evening, and I'm back in the arena to talk to you from this exact spot high above uh, the uh, now empty stands here at State Farm Arena. So thank you for listening to the podcast, everybody. I really appreciate it. Please stay tuned. Please subscribe and do all that fun stuff. And we'll see you guys on Monday morning.